Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another Arscast. Coming up on this week's show, we have got a chat with Gunnar Hollick from GunnarHollick.com. Boo is in there, Tale of the Unexpected, Adi Bayor is in there as well, and more. Stay tuned. Welcome to another Arscast on Arsblog. It means it's been a week since the last one and we haven't spent our time sitting around in a pool smoking cigarettes like Wayne Rooney. Nuh-uh. Been working all week, but it means we are a week closer to the start of the new football season. Bring it on, please. I just can't wait. Our preseason game against Barnet is going to be on Satanta Sports as well. That's on the 19th of July. Uh, So, bits and pieces to talk about. Obviously, there's been a lot going on. Well, not so much a lot going on, but one or two things going on. But there's been a lot of those one or two things, if that makes any sense. A little bit later on, I'll be talking to Gunnar Hollick about the Adibayor situation. Uh, As it stands, we've had press speculation from Spain, from Italy, all about how we're going to sell him, all about how we're looking for Santa Cruz, blah, 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 blah. And it does seem there's a bit of truth to all these uh, rumours. How truthy that particular truth is, I'm not quite sure. You've got good player, a guy who writes his blog, and he's heard something that maybe we're not averse to selling Adibayor. Maybe we're looking to bring in Santa Cruz. Who knows? There's a lot still to happen this summer. You just get the feeling that there's loads going to happen once Euro 2008 uh, finishes. It's going to take one or two deals just to sort of get the ball rolling, to get the money moving. And once that happens, I think we're going to see a lot, a lot of action. We had the uh, Samir Nasri thing going on this week. Yeah, basically, uh, he announced on his own website that he joined Arsenal and signed a four-year deal. And then he was made take it down because from what we're told, uh, Marseille want to announce it on or after July the 1st, because the financial year ends on June the 30th. So if they announce the uh, the sale of Nasri for, however, 12 or 13 million, it means that their profits for this year will go up and their profits for next year will go down or something. So they want to spread it out a bit. They want the uh, the money from the Nasri sale to go into next year's accounts, uh, probably to do with saving tax. And, well, if it's Marseille we're talking about here, uh, they're probably not paying any tax anyway. It's a joke, by the way, if anyone from Marseille is listening. Jitim. No, I don't really. But I just said that so he wouldn't sue me. Is that all right? Okay, we'll move on. So uh, we still don't know uh, exactly when the deal is going to be announced, but there's no suggestion whatsoever uh, that the deal hasn't been done or there's any uh, hiccup with the deal. It's just a matter of timing and bookwork and 
accountants and all that kind of crap that really doesn't interest football fans a great deal, apart from obviously being frustrated about not having the signing announced. There's nothing really new to report in the Alexander Kleb situation. Obviously, his future has come under intense speculation as well in the last few weeks, not so much recently. And I suspect, I suspect that there really isn't too much interest in Alexander Kleb, despite his desire to leave Arsenal. The Inter Milan thing fell through, obviously, because of Mourinho. And then there was all this talk about Barcelona buying him, and they were close, and they reached an agreement, etc., etc. But Barcelona now have got their beady little eyes on, on Andre Arshaving, and the Russian who's come to the fore in Euro 2008. Uh, the newspapers in Spain saying, oh, they had an agreement months and months ago to, to sign him. Well, whether that's true or not, Barcelona have agreements to sign everybody in the world, as far as I can see. But it was a great quote from one of the Barcelona staff saying, yeah, we thought he was a midfielder, but, you know, it turns out he's kind of a striker. Yeah, we noticed that when we saw him playing for Russia in Euro 2008. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, mm. But we've been after him for months. Like, we really know an awful lot about him. Yeah, but he's not a midfielder. So if, if Barcelona were to sign Arshavin, then they don't need Kleb because they've already got Klebby kind of players. Like I keep saying, Xavi and Iniesta, and they've got Messi and Bojan, and, and they'll have Henri and Arshavin, and maybe maybe Adibayor as well. What are they going to do with Kleb? Nothing. That's what they're going to do. Um, so I don't think Barcelona are going to sign him. I don't think Bayern Munich are really going to sign him. Wolfsburg said they were interested in him. But will he go back to playing UEFA Cup football? Who knows? I suspect, and I'm sure there will be some people that aren't terribly happy about this, I think he'll probably be with us at the start of next season unless somebody new comes in or somebody like Byron actually are really interested in him other than paper talk because I don't see him going to Barcelona. Just don't see it happening. Uh, so that, you know, is more or less that in terms of speculation and transfers. There was talk of Peter Crouch coming in for us. <laughs> Sorry. Can't see that happening. That's that guy, Vincenzo Morabito, who claims to represent Adibayor but does nothing but represent himself. Uh, he says we're after Peter Crouch, which really does have to be probably the most ridiculous transfer rumor uh, of uh, Silly Season so far. Other players linked with us this week. We had Arshavin linked with us. Arsene Wenger said uh, he's a very special player and he wishes he'd seen him at 21 or 22. Uh, probably because he could buy him then at 21 or 22. At 27, he's, he's far too old. He's heading towards the Logan's run age of 30, at which point Arsene sends them all off in a little underground car and then they get their heads cut off or something. I think that's... He must think that's what happens, Arsene. Player over 30? Well, they're going to come take him away. Where's Michael York and Jenny Agater? There they are, yes. David Silva was another name that cropped up during the week, the Valencia player, and a very good player he is too, but maybe Valencia might feel they can hold on to him, and I suppose us buying David Silva all depends on, on what happens with uh, with Kleb, and if Kleb's not going anywhere, then I don't see us buying David Silva, because we've got Nasri coming in, and he, I suppose, is going to play on the left-hand side, I reckon that's where he's earmarked for, and then we have Carlos Vela, who can play there as well, and, you know, I... Where would we put David Silva? He's not going to play up front. So all this speculation, and there's still two months of it to go. Two more months of transfer speculation is going to be a joy to behold. 
and this summer has been as crazy as, as any summer I think we've witnessed in the six years of Irish blog history. Anyway, to talk a bit more about the Adibayor thing and uh, Barcelona and transfers and all that, we'll, we'll go and talk to Gunnar Hollick from GunnarHollick.com. Hello there. Hi, blogs. How are you doing? Uh, good, thanks. Now, I want to talk to you about uh, Adi Bayor. Uh, he's been linked constantly for about the last two weeks with moves to to Barcelona uh, and AC Milan. Um, he has come out earlier in the se- in the summer and said, no, I want to stay at Arsenal, I blah, 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 blah. But uh, should we be a little bit worried, given the amount of speculation that's going on at the moment? don't know that worried is the word I'd use, but uh, I, I sort of made the point a couple of weeks ago that this was going to go on for the summer, once the press have got their teeth into something like this, uh, you know, Adebayo is a big player, was a big player for us last season, and there are people out there who would really love to make something more of this than perhaps there is. Although, having said that, you have to say that uh, we've all heard the rumblings behind the scenes that he's allegedly asking for more money again than Arsenal are prepared to pay. But, you know, you hear these things from people who, you know, I've got inside sources, but have you really? Is that what's really going on? Or is this, you know, we've got to sell papers and this is a great story. I think there's something in it. I think there's no doubt that Barcelona would love a 30 goal scorer. Milan would love to have a 30 goal scorer. What I'm surprised about is the way that it's almost Adebayor to the exclusion of all others, given that probably the likes of Drogba is on the market, the likes of Arshavin is on the market. Uh, I, I, I don't know where they're going. I don't expect to see him go, but if someone is really offering 28 million quid for him, you know, you can't turn that money down. But I have my doubts that that's the money that's on the table. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. I think there's there's money on the table. Whether it's that much, uh, I, I, I'm not sure. Are we, though, a bit maybe naive? As football fans, we want to hear from our players that, you know, I'm really happy at Arsenal. Like Clichy uh, in the week, he said, I'm happy at Arsenal. I told my agents not to, you know, not to hawk me around to the Italian clubs that were after me. Arsenal's where I see my future. Are we a bit naive to think that players... Uh, particularly foreign players, and I'm not trying to, you know, uh, single them out or anything like that, because you know I'm a, I'm an Irish guy, and, and Arsenal's best players over the years have been foreign players, some of them. So, uh, but is it a bit naive to expect them to come out and say, look, I I want to be at Arsenal, you know, to the detriment of their wallet or bank balance or or even the ability to win trophies? I don't think it's necessarily naive as long as you have it fixed in your own mind that. What they're actually saying is, well, I'd love to stay with Arsenal and I'm an Arsenal man as long as they're paying me what I'll get somewhere else. Mm. It's the unwritten bit at the back, or the unsaid words at the back that you never get that that kind of underpin the whole thing. Adebayor, I have no doubt. I mean, he's come out twice and said, I'm happy, I don't want to go anywhere. And yet still the stories persist. And we're back to the, well, does he really want £80,000 a week? Does he really want £100,000 a week? Are we only offering 60? You know, it's it's there's a value put on loyalty, sadly, because these guys weren't born up the Holloway Road. They were born thousands of miles away. So, you know, there's there's a value to be placed on that loyalty, I'm afraid. And you're naive if you expect that's not the case. 
Mm, okay. Um, let, let's talk about the, the situation um, with Adi Bayor. He hadn't, in all fairness to him, set the world on fire uh, before last season. He looked like he was going to develop into a decent player. But we gave him a new contract uh, with a pay rise. Um, is he now, after one good season, entitled to come back to the club and say, I want top, top wages uh, from Arsenal because I've scored 30 goals in one season. Doesn't he need to do it again? I don't think there's any problem with him coming back and asking for it as long as he's doing it in the right way. And yeah, he doesn't appear to be asking in public, although he's quite prepared for his agents to agitate. The parallels between this situation and the one that saw Anelka leave back in 99 uh, are there for all and sundry to see. There's not only his agent involved, and it's becoming cloudier just who his agent is, but all sorts of other people who are, are now starting to stick their finger in the pie. So you, you look back to that 99 debacle, if you like, and Anelka, in the end, had to go because the amount of money that was on offer was simply you couldn't turn it down. And the same thing applies here. If the money is that great, then fine. But I, I, I don't see anybody offering the sort of sums that are being mentioned. He's entitled to ask for more money. We're entitled to turn him down and then flog him to the highest bidder if, and it's a big if, they are putting big money on the table. All right, fair enough. Let's uh, leave that behind us and move on to something a bit more positive. And Barcelona have been one of the clubs that have agitated or been part of this uh, whole Adibayor thing. Uh, using the press to write story after story after story. And it was Cesc Fabregas, a, a, a Barcelona fan when he was growing up. All his family are Barcelona fans. And he came out and was very strongly critical of the way that Barcelona have uh, behaved. Uh, what did you make of his comments, particularly as, as the, the guy is only 21 years of age? Oh, it's tremendously brave for someone who, is, like you say, he's a Catalan himself, isn't he, and grew up a Barcelona boy. Uh, very brave indeed of him to say so. Terrific for Arsenal supporters to see. And, you know, it's it's what we were just talking about. You know, he's, he really acts the part as the Arsenal man. Um, but for how much longer? You know, we uh, I don't want to be a doom and gloom merchant. But I know one of the things that you were talking about yesterday was him perhaps taking over the captaincy. I personally wouldn't do it for a couple of reasons. One is purely and simply his age. He is the most mature 21-year-old on the planet, but he is a 21-year-old. And the second thing is, I don't think any of us thinks for one moment he's going to be with us when he's 26, 27, uh, because we all get this horrible, pessimistic feeling that the lure of his homeland is going to be too great. Now, I wouldn't want to lose a 25, 26-year-old captain of five years standing, because that would be a major blow. And that's probably a, a pretty poor reason for not giving him the captaincy. We we tend to take a short-term view of everything. Uh, and I think appointing him a captain would be a short-term view, not a long-term one. Well, I mean, at the same time, isn't appointing a 30-year-old Gallas also a, a short-term sort of a view, if, <laughs> that, if you see what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. what, I, what I would say about Sesk being captain is that... Uh, we need somebody, whether it's Sesk or somebody else, we need somebody as captain who has got a genuine feeling 
for Arsenal Football Club. And yeah. uh, with the greatest of respect to William Gallas, I don't think he has that. And I don't think he'll ever have that. He only joined the club when he was, what, 30 years of age. It was part of a deal to get rid of Ashley Cole. Uh, so I, I think the circumstances regarding that, um, you know, weren't, weren't particularly great. It was a bit of an experiment, I think, on the part of Arsene, but I think Gallas failed that experiment, and I think we need to look uh, to somebody else to lead the team. Out of, who's oh, there, out of who's there, I think Sesk is probably the best candidate. In terms of he's probably uh, a kind of a spiritual leader, I'd grant you that, and maybe there's a way round. Uh, maybe you appoint him a club captain or something, but I, I, I really, you know, perhaps heaping that much responsibility on such a young player, it's a little bit early for it. I would be looking more at Colo Torre, someone who, you know, has still got the ability to lead by example, someone who the rest of the players look up to, and a player who hasn't been rocking the boat in a number of years when you consider the number of offers that he must have had to go elsewhere uh, he would be my personal choice. But I take your point about Gallus entirely, and I would certainly relieve him of the captaincy. All righty. Uh, just in general, that's about uh, as much as it has been going on. In general, are you are you remaining calm, cool and collected in the face of no signings and Nazri signing one day and then not the next day? And <laughs> How are you coping? Is your hair yeah, going greyer? Yeah. <laughs> well, it can't go much greyer, can it? Um <laughs> I've got to say, it's. Uh, I was thinking yesterday, we've still got two months to go of this transfer window. There's an awful lot more rumours to be chucked out over the course of 60-odd days because there's an awful lot of papers to be sold. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty calm about it. The Nazari thing, uh, I, as you, I, I'm led to believe it's done and dusted and there are other reasons why it can't be confirmed as yet. Are we going to get other players? Yes, we have to have other players. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Players, somewhere along the line, you'd like to think uh, that there's going to be a striker coming in if there's any truth in the Adebayo rumours. You'd like to think there was a central defender coming in. But I don't need them tomorrow. I don't want them here by next Friday. I want the right players to arrive and if we can't get them till August the 30th, then they don't come till August the 30th. Chill out. Don't worry about it. All right. I'm with you on that one, man. Uh, Gunnar Hollick, thanks very much. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Blogs. Ever the gentleman, that is Gunnar Hollick. And don't forget to check out his blog, which you can find at www.gunnarhollick.com. Apologies for the uh, the phone ringing thing in there. I thought I had the microphone turned off and I'd intercepted that phone call. But when I 
when I played it back, the, the phone call thing was, was still there. I don't know who it was because I just hung up. It didn't come up on the, the little phone thing about whose number it was. So I don't know who it was. Could have been a very important phone call, but I switched it off. Anyway, still to come, I suppose we'll talk a bit about Sesk. We already spoke about Sesk there uh, with, with the Holic, but I want to talk a bit more about him uh, in the light of last night's wonderful win for uh, Spain over Russia, which put them in the final of Euro 2008. And Sesk obviously had a huge part to play in that. So we'll come back to him in a little while. But seeing as we were talking about Adibayor, um, Adibayor. Hello, this is Emmanuel Adibayor, talking to you about my future because there's been a lot of speculation in the newspaper about my future where I'm going to play football next season. Some people say it's going to be Milan, some people say Barcelona, other people say Spain, other people say Italy. All I can say is that football is a funny old game, and it's a funny old game, it's a game of two halves, you never know where you're going to end up. So, for now, all I can say is that anything can happen. Did you hear me this week on the radio, on the BBC, did a radio program on the BBC, BBC Radio, it's all about the children in Togo that I help, I love children, they're brilliant, they're little small people with great big heads and little tiny arms and legs, they're brilliant. I love to have many, many children. One day, I rang up Beyonce, and I said, Hey, Beyonce, I love you. I love the way you shake that booty. Let's have lots of children. And she said, Get away from me, you crazy man. Who are you? Why are you ringing me? Hey, Beyonce, when will she ever learn? Anyway, for now, I leave you with a traditional song from my home country. Ha ha, there's a song that's going to be stuck in your head all day long. You're going to be in an important meeting later on, and the boss will be sitting there, and he'll be talking about something, and, you know, you're supposed to be taking notes, and his mouth will be moving, but all you'll be hearing is, What's the color of money? What's the color of money? It's true, you know. It will, especially now that I've said it. The more you try for it not to be stuck in your head, the more it will be stuck in your head. So you might as well just go with it. Just go with the flow. There is no cure. Well, there is a cure. But that cure is is Wigfield, Saturday night. Da-da-da-da-da-da. So either way, you're fucked. You know what I'm saying? Um, As I said, we're going to talk about Sesk in a little while. Uh, But now a, a tale of the unexpected. Welcome to Tales of the Unexpected on the Ozblog Ozcast. Hello, my name is George, and I've got another tale of the unexpected for you. This week, I was celebrating the harvest. What harvest, you might say? It's not autumn yet. The crops aren't fully grown. Where do you think you're going with your harvest? You're mad, so you are. Well, the thing is, right, I keep a cellar full of orphans. And this week, I harvested a load of organs, and I sold them on the black market. So I had a good few quid in me pocket, so I thought, I'll go to the sunshine. So off I went to Barcelona. Oh, what a town. There's cheap beer, good food, lovely architecture, and of course... Lots of beautiful women for me to stalk. I don't know what the Spanish for restraining order is, so they can't get me on that one. Anyway, I was over doing a deal with a fella, you see, because I brought over a load of white pudding. 
There's loads of expats in Barcelona, and they go mad for the white pudding sort of do, but you can't get it anywhere. So while I was waiting in the bar for this fella to come in and pick up his eight kilos of white pudding, I picked up the newspaper, one of those sporty ones, El Sporto Deportivo or something it's called, and I was reading through it, being fluent and all as I am in Spanish. The only words I don't know in Spanish are restrain and order. It's kind of handy. But anyway, I read through it all, and I got to the end, and I realised... There wasn't one half-assed, semi-fictional, badly written, poorly researched, shabbily edited, truth-lacking, bollock-tightening story about Barcelona wanted to buy some player that Arsenal don't want to sell. That was unexpected. To me. We'll have another tale of the unexpected from George on next week's Arscast. So, Sesk, I want to talk about Sesk. Let's get Sesky, if we might. Uh, and last night against uh, Russia, he was just kind of fucking brilliant, wasn't he? I mean, like, really, really fucking brilliant. Made two goals, nearly scored one himself, nearly set up another one for, for Guiza. And you have to wonder why he's not starting. Maybe Aragonez thinks he's he's a guy that can make an impact when he comes off the bench, uh, which he can because he's got all this uh, this wonderful quality. And I thought his comments this week about Barcelona having to show Arsenal more respect were fantastic. You know, we say he's a Barcelona fan and his family are Barcelona fans, and but you kind of have to understand what it's like over there. Entire families. I mean, it's a huge, huge thing, Barcelona. Football Club Barcelona uh, in Catalonia. I'm sure you all know the background and the history and, and why it stands as a symbol of Catalan independence, etc., etc. So he's been brought up with that, with that pride in, in Barcelona Football Club. And for him to come out and to say what he said during the week, which was uh, pretty much, you know, stop it, you bastards. Would you please just stop? But done in a way that was measured and intelligent uh, he wasn't uh, slamming Barcelona or furious with Barcelona or anything. He just said what somebody should have said ages ago. Maybe he's the one that's in a position to say it. But we've seen it with Real Madrid this summer. We've seen it with Barcelona. That the way they act when they want a player, it's kind of alien to us. That, you know, we're not uh, stupid. We're not whiter than white. We know what goes on when clubs want to sign players. But the vast majority of clubs will do it privately. Barcelona and and Real Madrid and others tend to do it publicly. We've seen how it works. It, It affects us because it's generally our players that they're after. But I thought it was a big thing for him to say what he said. And I thought it was born out of this genuine feeling for Arsenal Football Club. Remember, he's been here since he was 16 years of age. Came over as a young guy, made his debut, uh, the youngest guy to play for Arsenal, youngest guy to score for Arsenal. Became a first-team regular almost at 17 years of age. Has now grown into somebody who who is a world-class player. And everybody can see that. He's uh, done the business at Euro 2008. But what he said was was something an Arsenal fan would say. And that's not something that I can imagine too many other people in our team saying. 
I can't imagine William Gallas ever saying something like that because, with the best will in the world, I'm not being critical of Gallas when I say this, he doesn't have any genuine feeling for Arsenal. He's 31 years of age now. He's heading towards the end of his career. He's an experienced professional. I'm sure he does his best. But to be captain of a football club, to be captain of a football club like Arsenal, you've got to have some kind of... You've got to have it in your heart. Henri wasn't a good captain. But you can't doubt that he gave so much to Arsenal Football Club. Vieira as well. Tony Adams before him. Gallas, I can see maybe where Arsene Wenger was coming from. He wanted to get more out of Gallas as a player and thought maybe the captaincy, that responsibility, would give him that, that bit of extra oomph, whatever it might be. And while it looked like it was happening and while it looked like it was going well for, for quite some time, when push came to shove, I think Gallas was found wanting as a player and as a captain. And I think that's something that needs to be addressed this summer. So uh, Gunnar Hollick suggests Colo Toure. Sure, Colo's been around, he's experienced. But I think the heartbeat of our team now is Sesk. He says he's grown up at Arsenal, that he's become a man at Arsenal. And this is true. I think he's ready for the responsibility of captaincy. I think he's somebody that never hides on the pitch. He always wants the ball. He's always looking to try and do something positive with it. He hates to lose. He wants to win. And he's got a bit of Arsenal in him, a bit of Arsenal in his heart. And I think that's an important factor for a captain. I think we've seen him... Uh, make his mark now on the international stage and people of course everybody knows he's a he's a great player and a fantastic prospect and he's still only 21 years of age the fact that he hasn't even got near his peak yet is kind of scary is 21 too young to be captain i don't think so not when you've played as many games as he's played for us when you've got as much experience at 21 as he does when you're as mature and as intelligent as he is I don't think it's going to put any pressure on him. I don't see him as a guy that suffers from pressure. How can you come into a team like Arsenal at 16 or 17 years of age and play the way he played at that age if you're the sort of person that feels pressure? Or maybe you do feel pressure, but you can cope with it. You can handle it. I would like to see Sesk as captain of Arsenal Football Club next season. I think he's the outstanding candidate. He's the outstanding player in the team. He's somebody that can lead by example. And I think this could be the thing to take him to the next step and maybe take us to the next step. I don't see Sesk as the kind of guy that would sit on the ground and cry after a game. Maybe in the dressing room. I don't care if he cries in the dressing room. I don't care if anyone cries in the dressing room. They can weep salty tears all night long once they don't do it on the pitch in the middle of a game or at the end of a game, rather. So Sesk for captain. What do you think? Arscast at arsblog.com. Let's have some of your uh, thoughts on that, and we'll go through them uh, on next week's show. Because really, apart from apart from uh, Sesk, there is only w- one other candidate. Now it's time to be at home with Emmanuel Abue. Oh, yeah. Welcome to my home. I am Abue. Abue like Cheers. Top three Abue character from Cheers. Number one, Woody. 
He's so stupid, he thinks Fleetwood Mac is kind of hamburger. Number two, Cliff Clavin. Abu I see much of Abu self in Cliff Clavin. One day Abu hope to be successful postman. Number three Abu character from Cheers. No. Only two words in English language begin with norm. Normal, Norman. Norm, short for Norman. Norm, normal. Norm, norm, norm. Norm, 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 norm. Norm, norm, norm. Tune in next week for more At Home with Ebue. Oh, baby. We'll have more Ibue on another Arscast. Uh, no man in the bar this week, no player history, because he's uh, still on his holidays. Apparently he met somebody, so he's staying another week. He was due back uh, this week, uh, but got a quick phone call to say no, he wouldn't be back. And uh, and that was it. Well, I don't know where he is. Somewhere in the Mediterranean, he said. And God knows who he's hooked up with. And, do you know, I really actually don't particularly want to think about it color of money what's the color of money see i told you that'd be fucking stuck in your head all day so that's about it really for this Arscast. um we've got euro 2008 final to look forward to on sunday arsenal interest it's sesk versus jens lehman jens of course still officially an arsenal player until july the first uh, sesk just fucking awesome awesome i have the love in my heart for sesk as I'm sure you do. But I don't feel ashamed by that. At all. And you can talk to Sesk in times of need. Kneel down and our Sesk, who art in Arsenal, hallowed be thy name. And before you start complaining, some of you, I'm not comparing Sesk to God. He's obviously much, much, much better than God. So for today's Arscast, we better leave it there because there's not much else to talk about. Uh, we'll talk to you on next week's show uh, and all next week on the blog as well. So until then, take it easy. Goodbye. This is Top of the Cunts, and this is the Top 5 Countdown. At number 5, this week on 6th place is Jean-Pierre Bernays, agent of Samir Nasri. Just announced the deal, man. At 4, John Terry. Never forget John Terry. At 3, it's the Spanish press. Up 4 places, we've read better fiction in a chiclet novel. 
at 2 Vincenzo Morabito. You know where you can stick your ice cream, Vincenzo. And at number 1, no change as they were last week and likely to be next week. It's FC Barcelona using the Spanish press like they use a cheap rent boy they pick up down the beach. Join us next week for more Top of the Cunts. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.